Hey everybody, I'm Reed. I'm Andy. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> and Mr. Does one of us have a bad <laughs> That should be the intro. I like it. And this is creating Ramel the Hell. Gore. Chipper Gore. <laughs> <laughs> that could mean anything. Uh, um, that we roll. That's how we roll. Just doing the things. <laughs> Mr. Haunt sings the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hey, you guys. Um, it's Wednesday, middle of December. And h- how are you guys doing? Wow, look Cheers. at him. Are you He's starting with pumpkin, the eggnog? So pumpkin early? spice not latte? Uh, pumpkin spice eggnog? Pumpkin spice eggnog latte.com. <laughs> uh, I am good. good. You want to ask uh, Marty real quick about the timer if he sees that? Oh, yeah. You know, when our Zoom meetings are wrapping up, do you see the warning, like the, the minutes I left? Do. Oh, okay. So I don't need to, well, like. At nine minutes specifically, I see it. Oh, okay. nine minutes. There you go. So I don't need to. Sp- I don't need to like private message you guys and give you the well, warnings and stuff. Uh, you know, some of us aren't always paying attention to that warning though either. <laughs> when some of us get into the the chat itself, into the groove. Okay. Okay. The groove. Um, we never decided on a topic. Um, I think it should be something other than music. Though I will start with. Um, did I know, Mister Hunt? You heard like the kind of the beginnings of the black sun. Oh. Uh, Andy, did oh. you hear that? <laughs> oh, you know, I never, I never um, told you that I heard it, but oh, okay. um, it actually, I'll just be honest with you. It prompted. Wait, wait, immediately... wait, wait, let's stop right here and just create this uh, level of suspense for poor Reed. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Go ahead. Drum Andy. roll. Yeah. Drum roll. So I heard it and it immediately prompted me to vox marty and i told him i actually had to have him put me in check because i was so amazed by it that i i started to think if i can't even trust my own am i getting too emotional do I, am i just liking everything am <laughs> i like i needed some objectivity cuz i know that's what he provides and objects it, it <laughs> he treats objects like women <laughs> oh wow did you did you oh, wait you that's put a, that my tombstone that's a, a big lebowski quote oh it is oh, yeah that one when he's really oh, stoned is one of the quotes he's really stoned and he's talking about um a, a, a porn director and trying to like say he meant women like objects but he, he uh, mixes it up and it's that's really funny because funny. i, I kind of do but no all right yeah how much does it cost to erase that from a tombstone 
<laughs> you probably have to get a, uh, a sync license for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll just drop in. I'll get on Black Friday, and I'll die on. I'll die on Monday. <laughs> Monday. Yes, some sync licensing. Okay, so I don't need to like start over then. <laughs> I, w- I was I was blown away. Yeah, and, I mean, and the moral I, of the story, Reed, is that when we like something, we're not going to tell you. We're going to talk amongst ourselves and worship <laughs> you privately. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Because, like, because I, I can't remember when I dropped it. It was, like, what, Friday, Sunday? Or I can't remember. But, um, yeah, it was it was funny because, Mr. Hunt, you responded and you are like, yes, yes, or whatever you wrote. And then, like, <laughs> Andy was radio silent. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't that like horrible and stressful for you, Reed? I mean, it is what it Will is. You feel like, like a failure for like seven days. No, I was no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I've, I've, I've like, for, thankfully, I've been able to get over whatever imposter syndrome, like, you know, artists have, and I don't really have that anymore because I'm just like, eh, if it's bad, it's bad. It's no big deal. Ooh. <laughs> Wise man. <laughs> But what's good about you is that it's never going to be bad. So. Oh, come on now. I got to make bad stuff. Did you know? You tried sending us bad stuff, and it actually was good. So oh, I don't well, believe you. Yeah, um, right. I, right, Andy? I'm, this guy's full of shit. He's so full of shit. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I'm like, I don't think I'm like, you know, thank you for your kind words. And I, you know, I like, I like what I create too. In, in no way do I feel like. I am the best or like, you know, everybody needs to love my stuff. But um, it reminds me of an anecdote of um, Paganini, who was a violinist from, you know, the classical era. And uh, he was he was excellent, you know, and he actually when he was doing performances, he would purposely mess up at, at least once during a performance purposely. Um, because he didn't want to tempt God wow. with perfection. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> what wow. a way to be. I don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Um, well, I feel I don't want to go from Paganini to talking about me, me, me. But um, Paganini, I, Paganini. One of the things. <laughs> yes. Paganini. <laughs> Uh, Who's the best singer in the world? Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're no, a funny why, guy. Why do you guys tolerate me on this podcast? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> because we are very tolerant. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> and all I ever wanted was to be treated like an object. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, sorry. We're talking about Andy. Sorry, now. Andy. I know. I really <laughs> oh, feel like there was some. There's something that I that I always think about when I talk, talking about DJs, and we talked early on another episode about sync and kind of making things sound perfect. Um, and it's always nice to hear those intentional. Uh, it's hard to describe without going into, but you know, when you start mixing in a tra- like that initial where it's not quite right just like a slight imperfection to know that you're doing it manually you know what i mean so it kind of you speed up and mm-hmm. um it's hard to I, you get what i'm saying i know it's i'm not mm-hmm. describing it right but um it's no, sing- nice singers do that and I, sometimes i wonder if they throw in the odd like woo or whatever you know when they're on stage performing so that 
the audience is like, okay, so they're not lip syncing. Okay, you know, I, I get that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Okay. So, okay, so um, anyway, how are things going? Like, uh, it sounds like, Andy, you kind of had a thought about art direction, or at least artist direction. Um, do you want to talk about that at all? Art direction. Like, uh, for the project, we're going to have stuff drawn, or like at least, you know, some art created specifically for Ramel and the world of Ramel and maybe characters mm -hmm. and scenes. I don't, I don't know how, like, how in-depth we're, you know, it'll be. On so the this other is... Side. This is um, the the juxtaposition of of oppressive with sexy is always appealing to me, and I think that I can't more. I guess approaching it from I won't mention his name because we haven't formalized anything yet. But there's a certain artist mm -hmm. that we've been talking about who, and I feel just because of he's amazing but also and I, I don't want to say this because I don't want to make it seem I don't want to discredit or, or kind of take away from how great he is and how we would want him anyway but um, also a little bit lazy in that I don't want to waste time looking for someone else Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of like it's so hard and most most you know we're going to have issues finding people and the right work ethic and personality and this guy just hits the spot and so much so that i'm willing to that i almost really feel like that should be the style when i say that i mean um this the 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 characters the way he does characters is still very um feminine and sexy Mm -hmm. and vivid and colorful but but still um provocative and i that's always that's an important balance because the story can be so dark and the setting can be so dark i don't want dark characters i don't want i don't want like you know mm -hmm. um so don't i think want it, just grayscale yeah no i think that <laughs> splash of color um not just speaking in terms of color but metaphorically that splash of like whatever he provides will be uh will be great plus i think just having uh, i mean it should be sexy it should be sexy that's so always i'm not gonna i don't want it to be like overt but um the the getting into like where this comes from it, partially with my context talking about the vampire scene as mm -hmm. much as everything else they were their aesthetic is like very sexy very feminine in a um even even despite gender very feminine in a uh, uh midi like old-fashioned way but still but still this mixture of things of and i don't want to say steampunk or cyberpunk but it's probably something else but 
similar in spirit to that hybrid. Okay. And I think he, I think he would capture that well. I know he's very into this particular person. Is very into the more of the futuristic cyberpunk style, at least right now. But I'm sure it could be approached from a vampire meets steampunk meets something. I don't know. So thinking about that then and kind of like jumping off from that, um, can you talk a little bit about the aesthetics of um, costume or, you know, what do our, like if, if, if we're thinking, okay, like there's a few things to unpack from what you just said. Um, I'll start with like, can you talk about what people wear in this, in this world? You know, what do like, what do the, you know, the main characters wear? What do the different societies or sects or gangs wear? You know, what do the authorities wear? Like, what do what do those look like? The, those clothes or those costumes or, you know, however you want to think about it. If I were to go backwards from where this comes from, and this is pretty straightforward, but I would... The, 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 in terms of the gangs, the ranking indicates uh, a better level of dress and more color, um, which is typical. I know in a lot of almost anything, you know, the just like the lowest ranking soldiers would just kind of be like very monotone. And then as you go up in rank, as you get to like see that guy that actually is some kind of leader with the entourage and the guns and the He's in the fancy car that doesn't really belong there. He's more well-dressed. He's got, um, which is not groundbreaking. It's just actually just very goes with like what you would expect. So I think it's, that's, that's that. I think the, the, the security or police force um, would be very, just very black and white, very robotic, like steel gray kind of look. I don't know. I don't see anything. I can't think of a reason to go away from that. What you would like anything different. You know okay. what I mean? Like I can't, it would just be forced. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the vampires, I think there's more color throughout um, the ranks. And I, if anything, it's not the color that signifies hierarchy and rank. As you go up, it, it, they're all very colorful, but there might be more adornment, more jewelry. Okay. And then, like, f- okay, so color-wise, that kind of makes sense. I'm interested to see that come across either in in how you, like, explain it in writing or have the artist draw that out. Um, what about, like, fashion styles? Like, you know, do they wear clothes that we would call modern? You know, do they have a, like, do they wear suits? Do the, you know, who do, what do the different people, like, are they like model, you know, <laughs> wearing high fashion type stuff? Or, you know, do the gang wear leather or jeans, jackets? You know, are they like the Jets and the Sharks from, <laughs> from uh, West Side Story? You know, what? Have you thought about that? Or like, how do you see those in your mind's eye when you think about it? I haven't thought, I haven't thought a lot about it. I feel like I might need some, 
some I think that we might that's a character thing mm-hmm. and um well and like you know because we're, we're we're blending genres a little bit in thinking about oh it's like a it's kind of like a near futuristic but it's like an alternate you know universe uh-huh. but there's steampunk stuff in there and when i think steampunk i think victorian era you know just yeah. as a setting um but like cyberpunk you know they've you know you got the people with like the punky stuff and i, I you know i don't know i was just kind of wondering how you think about it when you see these characters are they or they are they like a kind of like a a futuristic where it's kind of like shade you know a grayscale white and then you got like the cool looking futuristic type collars with some neon stuff in there i'm just curious you know how i i'd be worried about like just answering something unique just for the the sake of it and i don't i don't know that it that i can think of anything other than what is typical or or would it be expected in in present day like in terms of suits like especially the higher ranking they might you know colorful just traditional three-piece suit Mm -hmm. but i know beyond that there needs to be some signifier or embellishment to it to make it unique i just i'm not like into it certainly wouldn't be anything too like the medieval but it but I would, yeah, like you're saying, I would rather look toward the future for inspiration than the past. And a lot um, of this would be on the artist too, right? I mean, this yes, is... yes. Yeah, yeah, you wanna, be... you don't wanna, like, you know, ha- take away too much of his artistic liberty, right? Yeah. Well, and that would you be know, a I... thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Mr. Hunt. I was gonna say I should, uh, you know, it would be funny just as anecdotally if I ever come across some of the old uh, vampire scene ephemera from the 90s in new york um like some of the dress codes Uh, you'll have this whole flyer with (laughs) right correct me if i'm wrong andy this whole flyer you know has you know a cool picture we're gonna have a cool vampire event as the the date the time the venue and then a, a giant paragraph at the bottom of what exactly the dress code would be whoa and it would include you know Vampire with a Y, Elizabethan, uh, Edwardian, <laughs> steampunk, uh, you know, and all these like very hyper specific uh, yeah. things yeah, that you're yeah. allowed to dress in uh, to get access. And at uh-huh. the very bottom, it would say, or at the very least, all black. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it was the scene itself was interestingly diverse in terms of what was allowed. Yeah. in terms of dress code you know there was cyberpunk and there was you know yeah. there'd be a cyberpunk standing next to a you know somebody like uh from interview the vampire movie or something like that okay that was i think uh you know inspirational to the scene at the time sure okay well i mean i look forward to kind of seeing that that fleshed out you know because i you know thinking about all of the influences that go into Ramel as far as pop culture, you know, uh, comparisons, you know, THX 1138 and, and just those kinds of things to see how these characters are. And, you know, when you talk about being very colorful, 
are people like in the story are they still there are they are they still individual or do they like star trek do they have a color system like where you know the vampires might wear only a certain color or use that color to highlight whatever they're wearing or is it just like each to each person their own as you know as long as they're just kind of within a a certain what i what i would like to do now i just and i'm just answering this in my head and i've always thought about this but it was it was interesting um one of the uh well the dj when i was there more more actively during that time period um the dj his name was ian ford and he wore all white and he was the only one in the club wearing all white i don't think he did that intentionally um to stand out i think it was just kind of a nice paradox because everyone was generally a lot of black and dark coloring and he stood out because he was all white as a as a dj and that was always fun i think that um that play could be something to so i think for sure not necessarily maybe as literal as the star trek color system Mm -hmm. but if someone's I, I, I would like to roll with that. If if someone's wearing white, it's very good reason. And it's very specific and very rare. Ah, okay. So is it, yeah. is it is it like a system where if somebody does wear wear white and they're not supposed to, like, do we, is there a backstory to like maybe how others might come down on them? Or is it like, you know, are they going to be ostracized? Like, how does that work? I think that what, what um i think that what based on what mr haunt was saying about the, the dress code system is interesting because you you wanna you you it's not only a system to like get in but it's it's a it's a clothing system that you want to adhere to anyway like you wouldn't go there <laughs> wearing khaki pants because you wouldn't you just wouldn't want to and if you um so i think wearing all white kind of kind of fits in a like you know what i mean like it's like it's one of those things that's open to interpretation like despite what the dress code says if someone were like in an all-white suit they would like oh you get it that's not necessarily on the list but you get it but to answer your question i think that people probably wouldn't because um i think they just wouldn't i know that doesn't that's like maybe a non-answer but i think that they just wouldn't Sure. they wouldn't want to unless they so i don't think that there's anything wrong with it with i don't think they'd get in trouble for it um but these are systems so you just wouldn't be taken seriously if you didn't adhere to this dress code and that, that kind of dress code that kind of thing about dress and look um was still very much like any culture is still very much a part of what life in that era was like for me witnessing it like especially in the 80s and the projects in the inner city like there was a thing with sneakers but and it still it still always has been in that in the hip in kind of hip-hop culture but um but i think even more so then it was like a, a thing where um that that established you a certain status to have that so you wouldn't you wouldn't want to wear something else you wouldn't want to wear dress shoes to the to the basketball court 
you know, just to watch, you, you'd want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it would. So it's more like uh, expectation and uh, what's, I don't know what the word is, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yep. You don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how okay oh. going going <laughs> going further um, into like those types of of aesthetics then do you, have you th- considered or thought about like piercings or tattoos in this world in this universe yeah everything all that so it's it's is there any like do do they represent anything or is it like now in in you know our our world. Uh, in reality where it's like you know anybody can have them if they want them or are like in this world are they used as a sign of power prestige or like rank or anything like that i think with the vampires i'm I'm just calling them that that's not that they would be that but i'm in my world in my mind there's the vampires and then there's like the the gangs yeah the two factions but as far as the vampires go and we should named it so we start to use a different term because i don't um that for sure everything has a meaning everything is very particular every marking every tattoo every piece of jewelry has a meaning some kind of spiritual significance some kind of magical significance um some kind of power um not necessarily in terms of quantity that means like the higher rankings have just have more tattoos it's not that simple but um Maybe it's maybe no, but anyway, the and then the other side, it's not as important. Like they'll have those same things, but it's not it doesn't carry that weight. Okay. But they're not quite as into tattoos, or maybe to some extent, markings, scarring, like that kind of thing. Ooh. Yeah, for the vampires, be very very important. Okay. Um, since this is a development podcast, what should we name the vampires instead of vampires? Mr. Haunt? Manpires. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <sighs> um, well, as we think about that, what... I know, I know you called them vampires because you think, or I, I you know, I get maybe I don't know, but um, you have a, you both have experience with vampire culture in in reality, um, and that's kind of an influence for you, Andy, on this particular group of of people in Ramel. Um, what is it about, like? What what are what are the crossover elements that like why you think of these people uh, having been in, inspired by your it, your experience with vampires? I think they're close knit community. Their exclusivity, their cautious caution of outsiders, um, their belief of their kind of some kind of power system and magic system at play, and. Um, Maybe it's a protective mechanism to kind of, and it's basically, you know, like anything else. It's just some kind of tribe to be a part of, to 
to feel like you belong somewhere in a place that is very isolating. So nothing too specific, um, except for some of the magic elements and some of the supernatural elements they might believe in. Okay. Um, is it like, is, is something like calling this group like the Magi, is that too on the nose or like what, you know, what, what characteristics or what would they call themselves? You know, if you're putting yourself in their shoes, the reason I would, I don't, I I definitely, I want to say that, um, I don't, not, I'm, you know, you know, this is a collaboration, but I, I, I want to say that it's really important to shy away from, and not to, not for the sake of just making something unique, just arbitrarily, mm-hmm. even, and I get that a lot of things are inspired by everything else and it's hard to get away from, you know, uh, inspiration and even theft, but I really want to shy away from known D&D tropes ah. as much as possible because I think part of the problem is that a lot of that came from a, a very, for lack of a better word, it's a very white system and, and that, that oh. created that and a very patriarchal and system like that comes from medieval lore yeah. potentially and I, uh-huh. I think it's important to not just have this be another story that oh this is D but with you know black characters and it's like it needs to be more um separate than that because um interesting because yes. i think that there's i think that there's enough to to generate something unique from that culture you know like so i don't so that's why Maybe internally we'll we'll know that there's some reference to it, but I think uh, I I would almost rather look at um, something from the Asian stories or something from India or something for inspiration on groups and mythology, you know, as opposed to. Oh, we can just we could just straight up I mean I know that's problematic in another way but I'm not too worried about it but just um what do you call it uh yeah mytho- mythology I I feel like we could look toward pagan or hindu as well that's more my not my job, but like I think that's something I need to kind of clarify anyway and not burden that. Um, but I'm open um, to it. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, a, a bunch of things address. I want to address a bunch of the things you just said. Uh, I think in this case, less is more. Um, you know, I don't think we have to narrow down any particular group, especially if they're vampiric in nature. You know, uh, uh, it's it's more artistic and the end user gets more out of it if there's you know things that they can make up in their own head you know the more mysterious they are you know i think that uh, works in our favor um also that being said there's mythologically speaking there's examples of vampires in, in almost every culture i mean that's absolutely um you know uh, and it's uh, honestly it's just another take on a zombie too like you know the undead and that whole idea so that's a uh, you know, one of the 
the most basic archetypes of culture in the first place. So yeah, I think you know, letting people, letting people's minds wander is a uh, is a beautiful thing in this case. That makes sense. Good point. Yeah, I know this is like not related at all, but it led me like thinking about. I was going to ask you, Andy, if there was anything in in like Puerto Rican culture um, that would influence like how you describe these things or anything like that, or you know Puerto Rican mythology. And then I was like, in my own head, I was like, would that be would to make it more general? Would I ask like Latin culture? And then my mind went to like what is Latin X? Like I've seen that term before. What does that mean? <laughs> Latin X is a term actually coined by a Puerto Rican uh, in Puerto Rico because it was kind of 10 years old or long older at this point. Um, and it was a way to uh, remove gender from, from, from coining a group of people um, because Spanish language can be, particularly gender specific uh, oh. so thing like um like a cup would be feminine and a car would be masculine and it's just very problematic when you talk about people especially now with um gender yeah um so coining everyone as latino is a is a male word so yeah. if you're female or even if you're just any gender um or don't want to be a gender it's, it doesn't really work um personally there's another t term that came after that um that add that just basically replaces the x with an e like latin latine mm -hmm. and it's meant to be more fluid the, the adoption rate with Lat latin x has been very small amongst latino cultures and i still say latino because i for a lot of reasons just i'm not really worried about for my own sake, I, I don't want to offend other people, but um, I use it as it's a catch-all. I don't. Um, I just. It just doesn't. Um, it's just hard. It's hard to change language with a billion people in it. You know, like, hmm. hey, suddenly we're going to start using this. Like, send out a press release. <laughs> so Latine was meant to be more fluid in sound Spanish and make it easier to adopt, but that's it's still catching on. I'm not sure what. Latinx is still used and I mean if you were talking in public that's probably and you wanted to be completely cover your bases you yeah. would still you would use that okay but um, it's good to know thank you which is which is language specific so so when you say Hispanic it's a cultural thing that doesn't include Spain, but like, let I think, I think I have that right. It's different. Hispanic would be more cultural, and Latin would be more language-based. Okay. Who speaks Spanish? Well, you're right, Andy. My understanding of it is also that, uh, that Latinx was also to get away from the word Hispanic because there's that was not inclusive of the indigenous cultures that are mixed in with a lot. Oh of yes that society yes very good point so it was meant to be like you said all inclusive from every standpoint not just gender 
thanks guys now i know i know a little bit more today just don't call me late for dinner hey ol i don't think i'm as funny as mr haunt (laughs) (laughs) that was funny (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay so um is there anything you want to wrap up before we wrap up christmas presents what do you guys want i haven't seen your lists I want to wrap up. <laughs> oh, wrap up the Christmas oh. That was so literal. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag autism humor. Oh. <laughs> oh. Andy's digging around in his closet. I am. I thought I was Uh-oh. looking for something. Um so vampire. Do we answer all the <laughs> do we answer all the the questions for today? I I mean Are you trying to get out early? No, no. <laughs> I, you know, but yeah, we we talked about we talked about clothing and and dress clothes and some a little bit about art and just like concepts of the aesthetics. We talked briefly about jewelry and tattoos and just um, how they related to one of the particular societies within the the story and. Yeah, um, you know when we talked about the the group based on vampires and whether or not like having a name, um, you know whether they call themselves something or just leaving it ambiguous so the reader can paint that picture. You know, as long as we've given them the tools to to do that with. Although, um, you know, that's how you, how you write it will. Yeah, and it, it may. I, I realize not to cut you. I guess I am cutting off, but because um, I'm thinking about that still, and it may be necessary to at least have a word that is vague. I mean, I I have used the word tribe in the in the writing. Um, it could just be a something that's maybe hopefully keeping something um, vague by saying these guys are tribe and so that's what they are but that's not what they they call themselves or define themselves as but Mm -hmm. they are a tribe and then the other side is uh something else which i uh god i I may have these words somewhere i I could dig around and what was that the elsers or something else (laughs) it was a a joke (laughs) i'll be able to (laughs) <laughs> Try Goodbye. the veal. <laughs> yeah. They can't. They can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll do some digging maybe, and I think just like like using Mister Hunt's the context is great. Like yeah. keeping it vague, but like what I think one would be tribe and the other would be something else. I, I I'm pretty sure I could I have something written down that would be right. Cool. Well, I, I'm excited to see how it develops and I guess uh, with that I hope you guys have a really good rest of your day and week and and yeah, uh, you too yeah alright see you guys Bye. on the discord Bye. <laughs> later <laughs>